welcome to Bubbling Up with your host Joe Sori and Steve Ramosi. We're going to be talking comics and comic-related stuff, and you're going to listen to us talk comics and comic-related stuff. Look, this is how podcasts work. I don't make the rules, okay? If all that sounds good to you, then keep listening, because here comes the show. Here we go. Hey there, comic connoisseurs. Welcome to Bubbling Up, an adult conversation about the wide world of comics. I'm your man, just trying to stay on topic, Joe Soria, along with the steady Eddie, Steve Armosi. Hey, just trying to find my best shot, you know? <laughs> staying cool, staying calm. We're not just jumping all over the place. You know Jimmy Olsen. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> if you have any thoughts or notes or diatribes or questions, you can email us at bubblinguppod at gmail.com or reach out to us on Instagram at bubblinguppod. And make sure if you're listening on any of those apps that you can review and rate us to do it kindly, please. You know, we're trying. Or just mm-hmm. share it with some comic curious folks out there. Yeah, if you have anything bad to say about us, keep it to yourself. <laughs> you could tweet it to the world, uh, you know. So. <laughs> and on today's show, like I said, we'll be digging into a recent Eisner nominee. We're trying to look to that to see what people think is good. Uh, Matt Fraction has a burst of story arcs for Metropolis's top cameraman, Jimmy Olsen, or whatever name he has in each three-part <laughs> page issue. So instead of our old standard, um, we're just going to go right into it. So I'm going to let Steve handle. Uh, so what is the plot or story or vibe or whatever of who killed Jimmy Olsen? Yeah, I'm, so like this is a 12-part maxi series, and basically the whole thing is this weird scattershot storytelling, jumping all over the place, but the overall vibe, I guess, or the overall thing that's going on is Jimmy is basically trying to figure out who's trying to kill him. And he goes through a bunch of hiding places and disguises and, you know, dressing up as his own cousin and things like that, pretending that he's not Jimmy Olsen. And I guess a big part of it also is he's trying to keep Superman out of the, out of it. (laughs) Because Superman could obviously clear this shit up for him in about three seconds. So we have to have some kind of reason why he's not hanging around. So what is your experience? I have almost never read any Superman. I have a few big arcs that I've probably read in my life. Some of my questions that I didn't even answer for myself are, is this canon, all of these people and random family lineages and everything else of this story and how it's put together? I I have no idea. That is a great question. I also have no idea. I mean, I assume it is to some degree. I mean, I know like a lot of the characters that show up are actually characters in there. And even Fraction, even a couple of times points to like other running Superman series as like, if you want to know what we're talking about, check out X issue of whatever, which is an old standby that they don't really do anymore. But obviously with a book like this, this is kind of like, He's trying to throw back to the old school style of like, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, I think, kind of style of comics. I mean, what is it? Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, had several runs. So like this has been a thing that's been going on for a long time. I was wondering if that was the case because I assumed it happened at some point, just like Superman's gal and Superman's pal. I I don't know, uh, but it's usually I assume to get back to Superman. I guess it kind of gives me the vibe of Brubaker did like the Gotham PD but it's not mm. Batman, right? So it's like, for you know, all the people that are not involved in the main stories, you know, give them a little time to shine. And I think they definitely found a writer who was very interested in it because just from the way that this is written and just the detail and the verbosity, like it is dense. I know that these comics can be dense, but like you were saying, that throwback feeling, it has these 
Maybe we'll stick to style in a minute, but Matt Fraction, I think has been, I've seen sparse. I've seen humorous. I haven't seen a ton of his work, but I'm very familiar with the Hawkeye run that he did, which kind of reinvigorates a, I don't want to say a shit character, but a character that I'm not overly familiar with or have much previous experience. And it like kind of gives you a clean slate to play in a world with characters you might want to play with. So I really feel like that's a great way to enter these things and probably kind of a, a more recent modern way of, just rebooting Superman for the hundredth time, you reboot the world by kind of getting a secondary character and giving him a, a different experience. And it really opens up the playground. Fraction definitely can go either way, like very, very dense. There's just a lot of him <laughs> waxing philosophical about like what Jimmy Olsen's up to in this. And every three pages, you have another like intro wall of text from him longer than the text of any other comic that you'll probably read all year long so it's (laughs) It's, for me it got a little bit like just the running gags i got a little bit old by 12 issues i kind of wish this was like a six issue series i think that would have been more impactful for me but as far as fraction goes he does have these books where he gets like really in depth and he he likes to make jokes he's a comedic author but also he's you're always going to catch some of these like philosophical bents to him that, you know, you get in this too. It's like kind of looking back at what makes their family, their family and like all that type of stuff. But right. he also did, um, if anybody likes the more uh, verbose side of fraction, he did, he started, I think it's only halfway. I think it only got finished halfway, but it's called Odyssey, O-D-Y dash C. It's like a gender swap retelling of the Odyssey hmm. in space. It's, pretty good but it's another one of those that are like oh this is like super dense so you know that he can do that type of thing yeah it has the vibe of a that he had a i don't want to say drugs but he had like a coke binge that (laughs) he just forgot to edit and the illustrator's like oh i can have fun with all of this that's where it is i mean i think if it's taken as a purposeful it's a brazen bonkers thing then it's, it's laudable that he really sticks to the bit honestly it's not meant for everybody and maybe it is also about how we read it more in the trade variants and that you're reading it back to back to back if you're reading this once a month i think this is probably actually a great way to read it it kind of is almost like telling the same story like a sitcom but then adding to it a little bit and then the ending doesn't really matter but reading it as <laughs> one large piece was probably not the best way to absorb it. Cause I, I definitely took some breaks. Cause I, yeah, I was, I was full. Yeah. My, my eyes were full for sure. Yeah. You get a little exhausted after a while of like, it's Superman's pal or like it's Superman's long lost brother. Everyone. They just makes a joke off of the Superman's it's Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. Well, it's Superman pal's grandfather, Jimmy Olsen's or Olsen, Olsen, yeah. Olsen with two S's, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it, it goes to this lineage stuff, which I, that's where I think it actually shines. So I think I would say the best parts are when these other characters that I'm not as familiar with, I know some Lex Luthor, I know some Lois Lane, but there's Jix. He goes to this gorilla city, you know, these way out there things that actually spurn the story rather than aren't just like toss-offs and almost like they all does tie together the threads, but not in a, not in a great way, not in a very interesting way. Like if you're coming for plot, you might as well not start here. So I think that's where I actually, that Jimmy's sister, Jimmy's sister who writes these shitty plays, basically. That's, yeah. that's yeah. her story, the asshole brother. So, <laughs> I mean, it's a good, a good family drama, like you said. Let's transition here a little bit to the, the thing I thought was the strongest is the art. I think this is an exhibition for, we didn't even say his name yet, Steve Lieber. Steve um, Lieber. I, I think it has this sharp 
vibe of a Superman comic, but it has the scattershotness of like a psychedelic comic where it's so many different things. He gets to like make a new world every three pages for the artist side of it. I'm sure this is tons of fun because you don't have to do 500 pages of one world. And he literally draws Jimmy at least 10 different ways, whether it's <laughs> the throwback comic strip style. That's no, not peanuts, like actual comic strips in the Sunday oh, yeah. comic I mean, style. It, it almost, yeah. it almost is peanuts the, where they're doing like the little Olsons or whatever. Lil Olsons. Yeah. It's like Lil Abner or something. I'm sure there's a direct reference that I'm missing because I didn't read a ton but of But they even yeah. have the peanuts reference where they have the, the stand, the whatever stand it is. That it's a dollar stand where he's selling a, he's selling a business advice or something. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. advice is to get another dollar from somebody else or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then run away. <laughs> and then he's yeah. buying bugs at the stand. That's, 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 that's the, the, you know, that's the direct peanuts reference right there yeah and it has that vibe of um a darwin cook is an era that i I like it has this like classicism that's still kind of new but classic it's not the the mad fraction david aha like sultry hawkeye you know purples and exactitude it's like you said i think scattershot is the best word manic so i think there's there's space there's weird characters then there's moments that he gets to do the gotham look he gets to do the metropolis look he gets to do the historic look he gets to do the prehistoric thing. He gets to do apes and other animals and other weird characters and random marriages and outfits and and all kinds of fun. So I think that, and I don't see the coloring on your your list and I don't know who did the coloring, but I have to say the coloring here was very bright and sharp and evocative and very effective. I've got it. I've got it in front of me actually. Uh, So Nathan Fairbarn did the coloring. Okay. Clayton Cowles did lettering, which is what I was going to mention next, because when Clayton Cowles is doing the lettering on this, he's having a freaking blast. There's just so many different styles of lettering in here that anybody who like makes their buck on doing lettering would freaking love to work on this, you know? Yeah. And I think there's a couple of really interesting execution things that I think Matt Fraction does great here, but then he kind of rides into the death. And I want to say those, those boxes, you talk about the intros with the logos and the references and the, the visual references. I think there's a, an arrested development reference, like in almost in the last one where there's the Bluth <laughs> with the yeah. ramp into the uh, plane, there's, all these shifts. And then there's this whole thing about the assassination decoy and all these decoys of decoys. And I'm just like, this I found quite hilarious, but also got a little where they just kept talking about it for, I don't know how many pages it must lasted 80 pages talking about this assassination decoy, but it was perfect because it's like, he's dead, but he's not dead, but he's dead, but he's not dead, but he's dead, but he's not dead. (laughs) I actually loved it. The best is towards the end. They're like, Oh, and when you were declared dead, your whole, Oh, your fortune went to your brother who was trying to get it anyway. I was like, what the hell? I guess he wasn't trying to kill him anymore after that. But I don't know. It was, very- was it Julian? I forgot the already forgot yeah. the names. I yeah, the brothers. Julian. But I mean, you know, I think we've kind of been circling around the same thing here. I mean, we mentioned a lot of things. What was your favorite part of this? Is there anything that really stood out to it? I know I personally already think already kind of stood up for the art itself and the ability there. But was there anything else outside of that or anything specific that was laudable or we want to make sure we call out here before we we shut it down yeah i mean i i did i did love the art and i as i mentioned earlier i thought that the lettering was just a lot of fun in this and you know there's a whole bunch of different stuff going on with lettering so that's cool it just seems like that was a good time i liked the little side missions more than <laughs> anything else i guess the whole thing with what's their name jix jix yeah and and the we mentioned the scientist that keeps is our father and yeah, the her spaceship. father the doctor or whatever and then the and the marriage that 
she had with Jimmy beforehand that hasn't been <laughs> annulled yet or whatever. There's a lot of things that are like kind of funny. The, the stuff that they keep like going back to and banging over the head over and over again was funny at first, but tended to get a little bit tiresome by the end of it. So uh, yeah, uh, enjoyable overall. I would probably recommend other stuff before this. And this is, you know, not necessarily a, a capes, like a superhero comic, but it is in that superhero world. And that's not usually my domain. This is the first one we're really doing, unless you count some of the Lemire stuff we talked about. So, and you'd say you'd even read most of that. So the one other character I will call it, I think I mentioned it once, but I thought the Lex Luthor Poppins, um, the few times they were there were actually excellent smarmy kind of almost Archer-esque villain yeah. scenes where he just comes in and like drops the mic a couple of times on him. And then it gets turned on him obviously because he's Lex Luthor and he has to lose. But uh, I think personally outside of what we were saying, just those little proper perfectly timed pop-ups of Lex Luthor actually, um, you know, where he just said he's not there to win. He's there to take the photo when the other person loses basically or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's taking, it's like taking pictures on people. Yeah, people I would never kill list. you because then I couldn't laugh at you when I win. Yeah, <laughs> or whatever. So I thought that was really enjoyable. And when you got to leave Jimmy for like a hot second or go somewhere else, I actually enjoyed it. But yeah, I, I'm with you here. This is a, a little long. I would say if you chopped it up or if you, Love dense humor. It's like very dense, very repetitive, very slapsticky stuff. You might really like this, but it wasn't my perfect cup of tea. So on my recommendation area, I would put it middling. I would definitely prefer to spend my money elsewhere. That's be what I would say. But uh, any other thoughts on, I don't even know. Let's get the official title here. Read it one more time. Is it the Superfans Pal Jimmy Olsen Who Killed Jimmy Olsen by Mad Fraction and Steve Lieber? And <laughs> la- la- and did we cover it all, Steve? Yeah, I mean, I don't have a ton more to say about the book. I think it's worth a read if you are a big Superman fan or, you know, a big DC fan. But there's other funnier stuff that Matt Fraction himself has written, I think. I was a bigger fan, I think, of uh, Sex Criminals than you. Yeah. But I enjoyed that. That was Fraction and Chip Zdarsky who did that one. And that was a, I thought, more even keeled and funnier to me in the in the long run when you said that it actually made me think of i i recently read that chip zadarsky run of howard the duck and this is actually right in the realm of that but in the marvel world and i could see where this kind of would oh you did howard the duck kind of invading and being like the key cog to the entire universe now we have jimmy olsen being the key cog to the superman universe so on that i'd say we're on the fence uh you know interesting but not our cup of tea so this is it. You know, usually we'd be doing a lot more here, but we're just going to try to keep it tight here for a couple of episodes, see if these are a little more enjoyable for ourselves and for people. And on the next episode, we're going to discuss an interesting black label DC comic, a single series by Carmen Maria Machado and the artist Danny or Donnie, the Lolo Woods uh, from the Hill House series to Joe Hill. So again, if you have any thoughts, let us know, bubblinguppod at gmail.com or bubblinguppod on Instagram and do all the other stuff. And we'll see you next time. We'll try to make this probably closer to weekly and you'll have a little shorter bursts and just cover one good comic for a little while and see how that works. So for myself, Joe Soria and Steve Ramosi, enjoy some books and enjoy Comic Kevin. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's the same music as at the beginning. Our buddy Chris Morgan did it. The intro's so nice, we used it twice. What? 
what, show credits over here? All right. I was your production manager, Steve Ramosi. Still am, I guess. And the other guy was the brains of the whole operation, Joe Soria. We want to thank you for tuning in, and we hope we see you on the next episode. Uh, Goodbye! Great timing.